So what are we talking about this week, Tom? Well, back in the depths of time, way back in episode 18. Before Future Sync. Before Future Sync. I wasn't Future Sync amazing as well. It wasn't that great. We, we had, had a great a good time, time there. It was great meeting lots of you. Yeah, I particularly loved the uh, standing ovation I got. and uh, <laughs> I mean, the flowers. I mean, it was too much, but I was very grateful. It was very nice. <laughs> Yeah, so if you move the future sync now in the far distant past, um, stay tuned for an episode about it. We did some field recording, um, and our equipment didn't break, and it all worked fine. Some of you uh, eagle-eared listeners may have realised that Tom is joking a little. We are no, still recording this before future sync has happened, but it will be coming break, out afterwards. Let's not break the magic. Let's not spoil it. Back in episode 18, we talked. We mentioned briefly about remote working. At that time, it was in the context of um, looking for jobs, but. It kind of dawned on me that you maybe don't have much of an idea of what remote working looks like. And as someone who works remotely, I might be in a, a good position to answer some of your questions. Yeah, that's definitely true. Something I've, you kind of imagine the amazing life of a remote worker sitting at home, twiddling, the th- going out for walks, going to the gym whenever they want, etc. Oh, yeah, I, I can't move for going to the gym. <laughs> I'm just wall to wall gym here. Yeah, no, no work is done. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting to actually find out how do the people that you work for know that you're actually working? Yeah, that seems to be the first thing that comes up all the time is the, the question of accountability. And, oh, well, how, do, how why are you not just bunking off the whole time? And it's, yeah, I guess there's just a question of trust. And if you hire someone, you know that you've hired them for a reason and you yeah, have some sense of, of the work that they can do. And you're judged by the end result. You're not judged by the amount of time that your bum is on your seat which i have been in i have worked in places where to get ahead you came in early and stayed late and it didn't matter if you actually did anything while you were there <laughs> but you would be in the good books and you would get further than the people who did prob- potentially better work but in less time so you just you do the work whenever it takes you what two hours in the morning and then you can just <laughs> no, skimp off no, the rest of the day no it is a full-time i mean yeah, well other people may be different but mine is a, it's a full-time job i am we do have kind of working hours and i'm around in those hours and i'm working for those hours so really in, in many regards it's very similar to a normal working day maybe it might be useful if you say what you tell me what you think a remote job is like. What are the ideas that you have about a remote job? It sounds like you maybe have a few preconceptions. Well, they're probably uh, not entirely accurate preconceptions, but um, I guess you have more freedom to be able to do things when you want to do them. So if you were someone that preferred working in the evening, for example, you could have the option of working 12 in the midday and then working through till nine at night or something um i guess my main not knowing about it is how do you communicate with other people in the team and how is that something that is constantly going on or do you just talk back and forth via emails oh that's a really good yeah really good side of it is that the the communication side it seems like a lot of people imagine remote working as being your squirreled away in a in a cave somewhere yeah, by yourself so you're, you're in your own home you're doing your own thing on your own schedule and you never see anybody else you don't have any interaction with the outside world yeah it's which, kind of what i imagine when yeah. you think of a remote work <laughs> which i was in my experience is, is not true i mean i've had like, in previous jobs i've sort of worked partly remote and done a few days at home a week and the rest of the time in the office and they've been fairly autonomous that really i think they've been like you disappear for the day and then they see you next they, they see you tomorrow and you may have some work to show for it that's i think there's a very, there's a big difference, a gulf between semi-remote, so where you every now and again you get to work a day from home, versus a company that is set up around remote working, because they're two very different things. I mean, I've, been, I've worked places where I've been kind of partly remote, 
from the office, but then also the office itself has been remote from the parent company. And that's been, that was a communications nightmare. It didn't work very well at all. What has, what I find successful is when everybody is set up on the same level. So everyone is kind of expecting to be remote to a certain extent. And the processes and behaviors are there to enforce that. So the work chat happens on Slack, the random cat gifts channel, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're colleagues are interested in there's generally a place to let off steam and replace the water cooler moment there but the actual day-to-day working is often a lot more collaborative than i think people realize in our instance we have video chat stand up every morning um what we call it a sit down because we're all at home so it would be a little bit ridiculous to be stood up if we don't have a standing desk and then throughout the day there's there's often bits there's plenty of communication and where there's lots of visibility i think there's the company puts a lot of work into making what people are doing visible to the rest of the team so what if you're stuck on a particularly hard problem and maybe you don't have anything to show for well the for other yourself thing, yeah the expectation is that if you once you get stuck you realize you're stuck out and once you get to that point where you've done the reasonable amount of researching like i'm still not getting anywhere you ask for help you get someone you screen share or just video chat to talk talk the problem through with someone or you make a pull request and get someone to have a look at the code and work it out um it is you have i mean i find i talk more with my fellow devs when i work remotely than i do when i'm in the room sometimes it's a converse thing but it makes that kind of level of conversation easier because the rest of the time you're more productive because you don't have what is like the big benefit for me personally is there's no phone ringing. There's no, you're not listening to other people's conversations that you're not part of. You're not listening to other people's sales calls. You're not listening to client things. You have the space that you, the space to work that I think the modern trend towards open plan offices has lost quite a bit. You, you're in, you're in a scrum and you have to make yourself productive in that environment in whatever way you can. That's why they sell uh, noise cancelling headphones. <laughs> no, <isn't> indeed, <laughs> yeah, but you don't need them when you're at home unless you've got you know a noisy house. But, <laughs> but yeah, it gives you the dedicated time to really get stuck in on a problem without the tiny little interruptions because a lot of the communication, because you're not in person, is a little bit more asynchronous. So you can mute notifications on whatever chat app you're using. You just decide when you're going to check emails. I mean, sometimes you have phone calls and there are obviously meetings and things that you have to schedule around as well. But generally speaking, you get the time to do to like get stuck into the work that you want to do and tackle it the way you want to do it. Well, that sounds um, very good. Why not do it? <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's lots of reasons not to as well. I mean, I would never, I wouldn't recommend a junior do it. Like if you're just starting out and you've not worked in an office environment before, I think it's something you work towards yeah. oh, no, not work towards that sounds like it's a goal and you can't do it when you're starting <laughs> i don't when I mean, when i was starting out when i first did freelance working by myself in my room i would i would make make progress learning where i could following along with the internet and stuff we've talked about a lot before but suddenly started came, coming on leaps and bounds as soon as i was in an office working with other people yeah and we've uh, talked about we had we had a conversation where we were talking about the sort of first job you would be aiming for um, and I think we came to a very strong conclusion that you should be going for something where you're working with other people in the room with them so that you can very quickly ask them questions. Although it doesn't sound like if you were working remote, you have people that you can ask questions, but a lot of it, do you feel you lose out on you lose out on the some of the meaning in what people are saying necessarily if they're doing it over Slack, for example? With the asynchronous thing, if you need an answer quickly before you can move any further, if you've got to wait an hour or two for someone to reply to you, it might <laughs> might really hold up your work. Whereas if you're in an office, you can just turn around and say, "I oh, just have a look at this quickly." 
Yeah, um, I think that comes has two sides to it. I mean, if you can turn around and say, I'll oh, just have a look at this quickly, you've instantly interrupted whatever that person was doing. And that's like the loss of productivity there is perhaps worse than you waiting until they were free. Um, but also it helps to be working on things that are sort of multifaceted and you can, like a block is often, it's, it's rare that something is like, I cannot do anything at all until someone has helped me out, which is less common when you're more senior and more common when you're a junior. Like you have these problems that you just can't get past. I mean, it happened to everyone all the time, but when you're starting out, that's by the very nature of it, they're going to be more common. There were there were kind of two sides to what you were saying, which was that you get that immediacy of like talking to someone when you're in the room, which is absolutely true, and you do get that sometimes, and that can be massively beneficial when you're learning. Um, and the other thing you mentioned was like the interpreting tone is maybe harder online. Is that what you kind of what? Yeah, I guess that's what I was. It's harder to. I think it's harder to make a relationship with someone over text chat oh it's absolutely true i mean in, in person <laughs> yeah you're, you're absolutely right but i would say emojis are fantastic gifts <laughs> are fantastic they're really good i mean because because i don't know there's something about the fact that they're a little bit indecipherable makes them almost you you get the tone more from the context um than actual just words and you get the sense of how people are feeling a little bit more from that um and i think yeah if you're looking for people to work with remotely an exquisite eye for the choice of GIF at the right moment is um, an, an invaluable skill. I would recommend that highly. I think we benefit in my scenario from like regular company meetups anyway. So I do know and have personally met everybody in the team and you know you have that kind of um, relationship. And I think a lot of companies that do have re- like distributed development teams make an effort to have semi-regular meetups where everyone gets together. And that is really helpful. But... I think yeah, that's that's the key is the company is built around like the company knows what the problems are and what the sticking points are. Yeah. Um. The benefits of the remote working are much better. I think. I think everyone on a whole is generally more productive. Um. But it has to be there has to be buy in from the very top. It has to be a company wide thing. And well, it doesn't have to be. I'm talking in absolutes, but it is much more likely to be successful when like the people in charge are saying, "Yep, this is something we embrace, and this is how we work, and we're going to set." We're going to build this into our plan and we're going to have all these structures in place to account for the potential pitfalls that we might have. And then by doing that, the upsides are much better than having everyone all in the same place. Yeah, and I've heard of teams where there's just maybe one person that works remotely and they say that kind of because it's not the company culture or the processes aren't built around that, then you kind of feel like a bit of a spare wheel. Yeah, that was exactly my experience of it in sort of small doses of being the only person remote i mean i to be honest i found that it was an escape it was quite nice <laughs> to get away but i think if that was permanent that i can and if everyone was in one place and then one person you're off on your own on the other side of the world or the other side of the country that's a really difficult situation to be in because the systems aren't there and it isn't a company-wide thing so i'd be wary of that i'm kind of half thinking as well if the company's big enough and is built around remote working and has remote working at its core it could work for a junior I think what that would take for it to be successful is for them to have that very specific mentor slash buddy scenario where someone's part of someone's day is you're training this person mm-hmm. for X amount of time, um, be it months or a year or something. And that is sort of built into the company structure, which I think only comes with companies of a certain size, but that could work quite well, I think. Yeah, so it's not impossible for it to be done, but it's probably something very rare. I think those companies are, f- are few and far between, but they do exist. I mean, you see all these stories. Of, I mean, often 
I'm looking at their marketing materials and hearing people who work there talking on podcasts and it sounds amazing um, but they do make it sound really really good so it's hard to believe that it's all hype well we all know podcasts are a fantastic medium for getting a message across <laughs> don't blame them <laughs> yeah no, um, i think uh, it's a nice thing about podcasting is that people tend to be more honest in a podcast interview it's my experience um when you you listen to people talking rather than seeing them read like what they're reading or in an interview for a magazine where it gets filtered you get their honest opinions a bit possibly maybe is that because it's not not as searchable so it's less, you're less accountable perhaps and um definitely fewer people are probably going to hear it yeah but if you read if you read something that someone's someone's written about if they're talking about the 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 depths of their remote working culture and they happen to let slip a, a secret or something or they say something that might be controversial you read that in in the page and then that that is there's a certain declarativeness to it being written down whereas you hear them talk just talking about it you have the tone of how they're doing it and yeah you get the sense of it oh yeah that was just a joke that's fine well that's the, what we came back to about not being in the same room as people <laughs> you're not you're going to miss out on certain things when you might not get someone's joking about something for example yeah um yeah, it, it, gifts and emojis that's the answer they, they really they really do help it is really useful like it sounds sounds trite but it's that's a, a real truth um, certainly in my experience. Um, but I think, yeah, it is a question of knowing that there are sticking points you might encounter, things you have to account for, but knowing in advance and like expecting them and knowing how to deal with them and saying, yeah, accepting that that's part of the process, focusing on the other benefits as well is, is a good way to go. Once we've covered maybe communication, I guess we could put that under the umbrella. It's... I would, my next question would be, how do you keep yourself motivated? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Have I hit a nerve? <laughs> yeah, that's the bit I struggle with the most. I'm I'm a phenomenally lazy person. There is a sense that there's the expectation that you will be delivered, you'll have to deliver stuff and you've got a team that's relying on you. And so far, I mean, touch wood, that has uh, kept me going. Well, you seem to be quite, every time I speak to you or whenever it's during the workday, you seem like nine is, or whenever, I don't know, what, what time do you start? Yeah, yeah, nine till half nine five. Nine till half five, that's my working hours. I can't do anything else. In yeah, no, I don't, yeah. I, I mean, it's not, I think generally the impression I get from seeing other remote companies and from working in a remote company is that there is more flexibility. So if you do have to go to the dentist or there's an appointment or you've got to take 10 minutes out to go and show a plumber around to get something fixed in the house, you're able to do that because you there is more, there's nothing stopping you other than, I don't know. You could have. I, I suppose there probably there might be people who work remotely, but ha that have particularly draconian bosses that like insist on visibility and have the video camera running the entire time. And <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare. Run run a mile from that. Yeah. Um, but that does come with the expectation that you, if you spend some time doing something else, you make up that time because you yeah, you're being paid to do something, so you've got to do it. Do you find that other people in the company are working at certain times? So when you're trying to chat with them on Slack, and for example. You need to be available at certain times. Where I'm working now, we all work nine till half five in the UK time zone. Uh, it gets tricky with clients who are in the States um, and you have to kind of be more delicate at scheduling um, scheduling meetups and, well, not meetups, but scheduling meetings and video calls then. But yeah, I think mean, we're all working the same hours essentially, so it's not an issue. It's, just, it's a job you turn up to, you just don't have to commute. <laughs> so much yeah, you just have to walk around walk around the corner mm. into because there's a lot of a lot of remote work seems to be people you can get really good talent but then you've got people kind of all around the world I and mean, so a lot of companies seem to have people working all over the place and then I, I guess that's when the trouble could come of 
not being at work at the same time as other people in your company. Yeah, I that that's often seen that's often cited as being one of the benefits of it is that you get to hire people anywhere regardless of where they are. You're not tied to the pool of candidates in your specific geographic location. And that is an amazing plus for a lot of people and to have that that flexibility particularly if you're trying to raise a family or you live in a part of the world where you're not in sync with any of the major like businessy time zones and i think that comes with again that it's buy-in from the top it's if the rest of the company is in a similar scenario you get through it for dev work if it is a kind of scenario where you need regular contact with other developers. I mean, having crossover is really important in time zones. And if the team, once the team reaches a certain size, yeah. the sun never sets on your company, then you're fine <laughs> because you've got people all in all time zones. Then that's not so much of an issue. But with small teams, it does become tricky. But you just tend, you tailor your work to the kind of the capacity that you have, I think. In that scenario, if you're never in the same time zone, it's it's tricky if you're on a small team. But you do you just like have a, have a point, even if it's only half an hour, where you cross over, where you can say, "This is what I was doing. This is where I am. This is what I'll do tomorrow." Hand the baton on, almost. Or mm. yeah, it, maybe it's not that much of a collaboration thing, and everyone's working on their own features and making pull requests. And I mean, that's how open source works, generally speaking. Is it doesn't yeah. no one cares what yeah because it's just volunteer people sort of donating time when they've got it in that scenario if you're never in the same time zone it's it's tricky if you're on a small team but you do you just like have a have a point even if it's only half an hour where you cross over where you can say this is what i was doing this is where i am this is what i'll do tomorrow hand the baton on almost or yeah it, maybe it's not that much of a collaboration thing and everyone's working on their own features and making pull requests and i mean that's how open source works generally speaking is it doesn't no one cares what yeah because it's just volunteer people sort of donating time when they've got it. You're not you're not tied on you're not tied to time zones or specific working hours. Well, there you go. That's the remote <laughs> remote problem solved. Twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. We should all be working remote. <laughs> what aspects do you miss from working in an office with other people around? Um, or do you do you miss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, part of me misses commuting every day. I mean, I had a long and unpleasant commute, and I don't, I didn't <laughs> like it and enjoy it at the time. Strange response. <laughs> yeah, but there's a sense of having, like, particularly when you work, when the work is quite mentally taxing, like you, you, you really get involved in what you're doing. It's hard. It's almost hard to stop. Um, and then having to sit in a car for an hour is a really good way to unwind and get those, like, all the thoughts and ideas of work that you've had in your mind, sort of put them to one side by the time you're home, and then you can be present when you're home. Um, so sometimes stopping is hard. When, like, I, I can understand that. And yeah. trying to make a, a bridge between your work and your home then can get quite tricky. Yeah. Do so you I think have a, lot... a dedicated space for doing your work? Yes. And I think that's what a lot of people say is being quite important is to have somewhere you go that is just for work. Or if not just for work, but then that's the primary plate. That's like the primary reason for that space, which is a luxury. But then if you're doing it as a job, you should presumably have some kind of that should be factored into your compensation a bit as well, I think. Um, but yeah, having a dedicated space, Don't I, I've never been one of these people that can get stuff done in coffee shops, for instance. Um, and I certainly wouldn't do anything, I wouldn't do anything, any good work at the kitchen table or on a sofa or something. So you kind of, I guess, do you have the mentality that when you go into your, do you have, what is it, a study? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, he's laughing a little bit because we're sat in it, and I just want the listeners yeah. to. No, yeah, you're, doing, you just you're describe doing a good. To us? You're doing a, a good, <laughs> good host. Yeah, so we are sat in my office at the moment. It has some some bookshelves and a, and a desk and a 
a few computer screens and a nice big window so we get lots of natural light um but um yeah lots of like maps on the wall and stuff to and when he says a few computer screens I mean, there's one at the moment oh yeah <laughs> normally there's normally there's two two, <laughs> two or three depending <laughs> depending on yeah, normally good. Sometimes, sometimes have dual wielding laptops with the <laughs> iMac going at the same time. It's, you know, it does happen. Um, <laughs> separation of concerns and all that. It's, so you use this yeah. space just for just for your work when um, you come no, so here. It's, it's, it's a sort of study for the for the house as well. But I mean, when I'm here, when I'm here working, I do my work in here. Nothing else happens in here, so I don't have any distractions from the house or anything. And it's there is a kind of the door is closed. I'm working. It's the same as being in an office. I mean, it's, yeah, one of one thing that does happen is when when you work at home is that everyone else around you is like, oh well, maybe you can do that thing that I couldn't get to do, and oh, mm-hmm. you're at home, so you can uh, you can get that wash on, and you can uh, clean the thing and scrub that, and which does happen. Um, and you know, you've, that's what lunch breaks are for. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> yeah, um, and I guess you 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 win the time back of your what you said you were driving an hour to work, so you you got a couple yeah, it's of an extra, extra two hours. hours, an extra two hours every day that I can uh, put to good use or legal use <laughs> yeah and it's something it's something i hear from a lot of other people as well who work remotely is that having a dedicated space makes it so much easier to treat it just as a job and that's what it is at the end of the day you've got to actually be there and do it you've got to deliver and i think another side of it is that it's the flexibility that some people are drawn to i mean it works for me geographically speaking but i think other people maybe work remotely but are have the option to be in the office but just prefer the lifestyle or it, it suits their life better to be able to work remotely and that is a case where they lean into the flexibility so, so it's worth noting that yeah, people approach it differently and for different reasons i'm sure there's people that would hate working remotely oh yeah and really absolutely. enjoy going in and being in a team with other, i guess maybe you don't get so much camaraderie with your other uh workmates when you're working remotely as if yeah. you were going to an office every day and could I go think- for drinks or go and do something social with them as well like i said if you're in a company that kind of is aware that that's lacking normally and makes efforts to kind of compensate when you are together and make that like a bigger deal that does help but yeah i mean one of talking about things i miss i miss yeah the not so much the banter of colleagues because you get that online anyway that translates quite well but the oh let's go go play squash on a lunch break or let's go and there's a running club or like i mean i'm i find myself particularly particularly me much more sedentary now that i don't work with colleagues who are encouraging me to to get out and do active things in a lunch break or after work Um, and then yeah the the after work socializing as well is limited to those occasions when it's kind of organized fun so that has certain limits to it (laughs) Do you know we'll sit at home after work on Skype and (laughs) beer in hand? (laughs) No, yeah, absolutely not. It's yeah, and that's that's something I do miss about sort of being part of a team in one place. Is that yeah, there is a sense of extracurricular socialising that happens, and they become you end up being I think possibly closer friends with people that you see you physically see every day and spend time with outside of work because then they become outside of work friends. Whereas when you're remote that kind of relationship is much more limited to they are colleagues um, and you get on with them and you like them and they become friends over time but it's there are constraints on that relationship to start with so yeah, it's a very different scenario mm. what would you do if your internet stopped working uh the same thing i did when i was in an office that had bad internet and the internet would break often and that is play the little chrome dinosaur game <laughs> until the internet comes back on uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, that's a, it's a valid concern. I mean, yeah, 
I have quite good internet where I live. I'm quite lucky in that. Like super fast broadband pretty much to the house and I've never had any trouble with the internet here, so to speak. And I've worked in offices where the internet has been very patchy and would go down quite a lot. And when the internet's down, it's down. I mean, it's rare that the phone line will go down at the same time that the cell networks go down. So you can tether. The majority of the work that I do can be done locally on a machine anyway. So you've got either a virtual box or you're just doing running a little local server. Or it's just yeah, you're doing CSS, HTML stuff that doesn't need any back end to it. So you can just run that, open that file in a browser. It doesn't matter whether you're connected to the internet or not. Um, maybe you lose some assets here and there. I've been very lucky that it's a, an environment in which the internet very rarely goes down. But if it does, yeah, you get on with it. It's fine. Um, it's only tricky for when you've got like calls scheduled and things. You have, to, I mean, it's good to have a good phone, like a phone a hard line to the house, but then also mobile phone connection so that you can then tap them in emergencies. Yeah, I was just thinking of maybe I was thinking not necessarily of not being able to work, just that lack of communication with other people, maybe over Slack or something. If your internet wasn't working, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I do try and. I talk often about the, the separation of, of work and, and home life, but I do I do have Slack on my work email on my phone as well. So it's never um yeah. Never so, far away. Yeah. <laughs> but that does mean, you know, I could I could be sneaking off and sat in the garden doing my work or uh, like on the internet no one knows you're a dog, so you can do you no no one knows what you're doing. Yeah, the only times I've been completely cut off uh, like when I've been in a plane. Are you getting more of a sense of what it's like working remotely now that you're starting to engage more in open source and that we've been doing some kind of programming collaboratively like yeah i mean uh, the website the website no i'm not talking about the project so much as the website there has been no collaboration yeah there has been no collaboration on our collaborative project that we're doing for the podcast but the podcast does have a website and we have to make pull requests to get new episodes live and yeah and we both have to work on the same file. We literally both have to work on the same file because you have you upload the audio, I do the show notes. So there is a sense of... Yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily a good indicator of what it's actually like. No, but if website, you know, having gone from not having work, not having shared a Git repository with someone yeah. before... I mean, it feels, more, a, it feels more comfortable. Yeah. Like I, I know what's going on. Yeah, that is something that, that is something that is part and parcel of working remotely as a developer is really like being on top of your source control game having a system in place as well and uh, what we find really useful is the automated sort of deployment pipeline so that when you you push to certain branches and that triggers things i mean we use jenkins but there are there's code ship and all sorts of other systems that will pipe things out do your company give you do they give you instructions of how you push to git for example not how to push to git but like what should your commit message say or when um, should you be making a pull request? Well, that's a good question, actually. Yeah, I think commit messages become quite important because particularly when you're sort of summarizing a pull request and putting lots of um, commits in a row, people need to, because people haven't been looking over your shoulder the whole time you've been doing it, they need to know from that pull request what it is that you've done. So you need to be quite specific in breaking down what you're working on into specific features so that when you're committing, you're just doing certain things and it's very clear that this commit did made this change. So someone who's not actually looking through every line of code looks at the commits or the pull requests and has a sense of what you did and when. And I guess that's useful thinking back to someone keeping 
track i suppose of the work you're actually doing um is being able to look at your git log and see actually this is what they've been doing as they've been going through so do you have to have do you have like rules on the amount of times you need to push or commit or do you just do what feels right and you do just do what feels right i think there, there may well be com- companies that have more strict systems i mean we have yeah make sure you write and commit descriptive commit messages and make sure that pull requests are limited to like a single kind of feature and that they're clear of what those are um as to number of pull requests or commits a day that's almost like making someone commit to a certain number of lines of code a day which is ultimately a meaningless statistic it's more like if you're working with if there's management structures in place and you have like periodic reviews and you have regular one-to-ones with with the person who's like up the org chart from you then those people have visibility over what you're doing and have a sense of like how much you are shipping over like any given quarter to say it businessy. <laughs> Very businessy. Yeah, in Q2, I shipped seven features. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's interesting. They're giving you a bit more. I think a lot of what you've said is you're getting quite a lot of freedom to do it the way that you want to do it while still getting the work done oh, that's, at the, that, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, that's what I really love about working remotely is that you're free to do the work the way you want to do the work. Um, and it's more like, it's not, I think it works well because I'm doing the kind of work that you are kind of like, here is a problem. This is our feature that we need. And this is what we need to solve. How how best will you go about it? Come up with a plan, implement the plan, ship the plan, test it, change it, iterate on it. It works well remotely. I, I can get stuck into work when I need help. The help is there. When I need to show people and get feedback, that feedback is there. And there are people who have opinions and who will, will chip in. And it works really nicely. Um, I think it's tough. Sometimes people might tr- work really hard to find something remote, find a remote position because that's what they need for any number of reasons. And then maybe you have to compromise on like not being with the best company that suits you. And that would be tough, but... I'm in a very privileged position that I can I enjoy the work I do I enjoy the people I do the work with and they are very comfortable with the way that I do the work and how the remote sort of scenario put, comes together I think it's yeah there's a lot of it that's dependent on luck I guess um but you yeah as with so many things you make your own luck you pick where you, you pick where you work often particularly in, in tech I think we're, we're lucky to be able to do that very good and that's about that's probably I think we've we've pretty much covered all the covered the aspects of it. we covered like how the like the technicalities of like doing remote coding work, um, which ties very closely with how open source stuff works. Um, uh, we've talked about like the the missing aspects of it, like the the social side that you maybe don't get that you work in when you're working in an office, and also the strategies to to combat that. And the most important thing to come back to is the communication as well. Yeah, you've definitely given me a more well-rounded view of what it means to be a remote developer, so I can feel more confident now when I'm thinking about that sort of role, even though it's not something I'm aiming for at the moment. It's really interesting to hear how you work and how, like the ways you keep yourself motivated and communicate, communicating with your team, etc., etc. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things that the podcast is good at because that's not a question I would have thought to ask until it kind of came up naturally in conversation that, oh, perhaps maybe you don't have much of an idea of what it means to work remotely. Um, so I would encourage our listeners, if you have any other questions that you're, anything that's come up in the, the last 19, 18, 19 episodes of the podcast and you've like, uh, had an aside and you thought, oh, I wonder, I wish I knew more about that, then please do get in touch and, and let us know. Yeah, you can get in touch with us at a QO code on Twitter or um, check our website, aquestionofcode.com. 
um, and there are ways of contacting us on there as well. Other than that, we will see you next time. Cheers. Bye. Thank you.